Hi, everyone, and welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bill Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I am devastated by a Bears loss, but still absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bilal? I have no idea how that's even possible, Trenton, but um, <laughs> you've made it work. I'm doing, I'm doing great, um, aside from the loss, which we unfortunately will be getting to for the fourth time in a row. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of rough, you know. It's been that kind of season so far. Not over yet, Trenton. Though we still got we still got time, and I've always been the optimist. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what I love about you. Always the optimist. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, why don't we go into our first little bit of news? This isn't on our list, but Justin Herbert has a new haircut, and. People were people were roasting him a little bit, saying that you know, he looks kind of kind of young. But for our uh, for our viewers at home below, you have a pretty sweet looking haircut right now. Wow, Trenton, I was kind of caught off guard here. I wasn't expecting you to straighten the haircut. Yeah, I did. I did cut my hair, cut it pretty short, but that means I won't be getting it cut for some time. And you have a nice haircut that two weeks ago, I believe. Something like that, but uh, you know, it's uh, too bad no one can see us right now. <laughs> so that's the point of an audio. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, speaking of some rough news, that uh, in addition to the Bears' tragic defeat, a lot of uh, key players recently have been getting injured. So, um, we're starting yeah, with uh, Drew Brees. Yo, Drew Brees, man, he got. He got absolutely squished in that game. Um, cracked ribs on both sides and a punctured lung. He had uh, additional tests on Tuesday in which he looked for a second opinion. Uh, yeah, he's going to be out at least two weeks. Um, yeah, but he was able to even – it's remarkable that he was able to get up, walk up, walk, shake it off for a little bit, and continue to play for uh, – a little while after that, I mean, we realized it was pretty serious once he didn't come back to the second half. But I don't know, just just the fact that you were able to get up and move around after suffering two cracked ribs and a cracked ribs and a punctured lung. I mean, it's- yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's another season now where the Saints lose Drew Brees in the middle of the season. Last year, Teddy Bridgewater came in and he went undefeated in the starts, I believe. Uh, this time. No Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints, but they have Jameis Winston. How do you feel about that? I don't know. He played, uh, he played decently well in relief of um, in relief of Breeze. Um, it's interesting because he hasn't played in some time, and when he has played, he hasn't played that well, but he's also in a brand-new system. He's learned from Drew Breeze for the past 10 weeks in the offseason before that, so – He's got Sean Payton, and he also has Taysom Hill back there. So, like, Taysom Hill is not the guy you would expect to actually be your every every down quarterback, but he'll be able to come in and out there to showcase and his skills at times, too. So, I think Jameis Winston is in a better overall position. And um, we'll have to see where he goes from here. So, Saints are in a good position, though, anyway, so that if they were to happen to lose the next two games, they're not – completely out of it and they already have the tiebreaker over the bucks so when it comes down 
divisional seedings, I think they'll be in a pretty fine spot. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Can't put it better myself. But why don't we move on to another injury? We talked about Teddy Bridgewater just literally seconds ago. Now we're talking about him again. He has a sprained MCL uh, in the game against the Bucks. It's not on the knee that he tore up with the Vikings, but, you know, it's still a little, uh, a little disappointing for him and for the Panthers in a season where, you know, they bring in new head coach, Matt rule. They, they lose Christian McCaffrey early. They get him back. They lose him again. Now they lose Teddy Bridgewater. It's a bit of rouse. Yeah. Knee injuries are tough no matter what significance it is. I've been through a couple of them myself and not fun. Let's put it that way. But the Panthers are starting out pretty well this year. Um, three and two, and then they started losing games. And now they're three and seven. So it doesn't look like they're, they'll be making the playoffs this year. But um, I don't know. It was a promising start, and hopefully he'll be back. I mean, no matter what position your team's in, you don't want the guy to, to be out for long. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right, Nick Foles. Yeah, this was um, – so some injury, though, Trenton. It looked pretty bad on TV, but thankfully the reports coming out of it haven't been as bad as we thought. It's just a hit pointer that the coaching staff isn't too concerned about, and they're assuming that he'll be back soon. But honestly, Trenton, this, game, this injury came 34 seconds left in the game, and it basically summed up the way the team had been playing which we'll get into that later, but you just hate to see a guy go down, even if he had him been playing as well as he should have been. He's on he's on your team, and you just hate to see that happen to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's rough when your starting quarterback goes down on the final drive. You mentioned it yourself. There's under a minute left. It's the potential game-winning drive, and you need to you – know, you don't even have your – your backup quarterback in Trubisky, it's your third string in Tyler Gray who gets sent out there and told, you know, hey, good luck. The game is on your shoulders. But uh, I, would, yeah. I would not want to be in that position, even though he is a – I mean, he is quote-unquote a professional quarterback. Uh, he hasn't played ever. He's only – up until that drive, he had four snaps back in week 17 of – 2017, I believe, something around those lines. And he's been around the block forever, but people consider him more as a additional coach than an actual player. So it's a tough position for anyone to be in. And we just hope the best for all these players who have been injured. We only covered a few of them, but they they provide a ton of value to, to their team and the league in general. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Moving on from some injury news, why don't we go into a little bit the DeAndre Baker saga, which has been a really, really weird story that has been happening since the summer. Please uh, explain, Trenton. Yeah, DeAndre Baker, first-round pick in 2019, played 16 games for the Giants, and then he was accused of four counts of armed robbery. Uh, he was cut by the Giants, and only now has he been – Number one, cleared of all charges. And number two, the opposing lawyer was charged with extortion. <laughs> and DeAndre Baker is now reportedly joining the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. 
Um, it is, it is such a weird story. I have no idea. Hey, it's not a bad team to be joining though. He's in the eight and one Chiefs Super Bowl champs. Not a bad way to find a way to get back in the playing. And our ever-going situation here in the world, we have just hit recently, like very recently, 250,000 COVID deaths. And again, COVID is something that's been affecting all of us and the league as a whole. And the league has, as of this week, has implemented uh, stricter policies now that will be going into effect this coming Saturday, which a lot of the teams have already been dealing with a lot of these same policies. And it's, again, Trenton, it's just another effort by the league, which I'm very, um, I'm very pleased to see that they're taking it seriously so that we don't have to cancel any weeks, forfeit any games. It's, it's a good sign. That's what I'm going to put it at. Yeah. So um, right now, all the teams are going to be going into these intensive protocols. They're trying to limit the time spent in locker rooms. Uh, everybody has to be wearing masks at all times, basically. There's a limit of 10 players and five coaches at any one time in the weight room. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, they. it's not only for the health and safety of all the NFL staff and the players, but you know they they also want to keep the season going too. So it's a uh, it's a it's a good move on them, especially with the rising cases everywhere. So uh, why don't we also take a look at the Raiders because we we talked a little bit about the Raiders and in the last episode and how they have. A, a massive amount of COVID-19 fines. I believe right now it stands at 1.2 million in fines for, for COVID-19 <laughs> related offenses. Um, and yeah, just recently, basically their entire starting defense was placed on the reserve uh, slash COVID-19 list because of one of their defensive ends testing positive and, you know, since it's a starting defense, they're kind of all deemed close contacts. Uh, they all have the chance to return on Sunday if they continue to test negative. But uh, not a good look for the Raiders. I mean, honestly, I think the team that has dealt with COVID the worst out of all 32 teams this year has to probably be the Raiders because we keep talking about them. If you, if you, didn't, if you did good we wouldn't need to discuss this. We wouldn't need to make a comment, but like they had the issues with John Gruden not wearing the masks. They've had the issue with them going out at a charity fundraiser. Now, like you just mentioned, Trenton, their entire defensive line is basically on the COVID-19 list, which again, doesn't mean to have it, but they came in close. So, and it was defensive and Clellan, Clellan Farrell, I believe his name is. I may have messed it up, but uh, it's my best chance. He was one of the, the picks from the Bears, wasn't he? I don't know, actually. He may have been. I think I, he might have been. But, yeah, he was the one who actually tested positive, so that caused the chain reaction of putting six additional 
people on the list. So as yeah, is close contacts. Yeah. Can I, can I just say real quick though, the one team so far in the NFL, or I, at least one of the teams that hasn't had a player test positive yet is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, since daily testing began at the regular, at the start of the regular season. It just tells you the type of culture they're set there. They have, they have a great head coach and Pete Carroll who's taken everything so seriously. You have Russell Wilson, their quarterback. I mean, he was showing up in their uh, – no, I'm sorry. That's a different type of PSA. I was going to say he was showing up in their mask-up PSAs, but that was actually for their voting PSAs. But still, it just shows that – that that team is a team that is built the right way with the right type of people around them. And it's honestly been surprising to see that no one's had COVID down there. But uh, hopefully they're going to keep it up and everyone's going to be safe. That's that's all we want. We, don't, we want people to be safe. We want people to follow the rules. And that's all we can ask for. But uh, Trenton, guess who's... Um, I don't know. I guess he's back in the news recently. Had some. It's it's not Antonio Brown, is it? How'd you know? How'd you know? <laughs> okay, so apparently he was um, accused of destroying a security camera and throwing a bicycle at a security shack in his gated Florida community. Does that sound it's... like Antonio Brown? Could it be him? I don't. I don't know. Kind of doesn't sound like him. At all. <laughs> Maybe. Oh man, it's uh, it seems like it never ends with news on Antonio Brown. But the thing is that the Buccaneers already apparently knew about of this incident when they signed him, um, because it happened on October fifteenth, and this is before they signed him, so they had to have known, I believe, which they later on said they did. So. Yeah, but the uh, NFL is still gonna investigate it, and they will—they'll uh, see for themselves, I suppose. But until then, we can only wait and see what else he's gonna do. Um, I mean, the league didn't know about this incident when they reinstated him from his suspension earlier that he was already serving. So I don't know. It's a messed up situation, and we just have to see what comes of it in the end. Yeah, uh, our final bit of news is that Jim Nance wants Tony Romo money. Uh, as reported, he's the CBS play-by-play announcer, and he wants more than the $17.5 million yearly salary that CBS is paying Tony Romo. Uh, Jim Nance has been with CBS since 1985. Right now he's making $6.5 million. Per year, his contract's going to expire early next summer. Meanwhile, uh, if you look at Joe Buck for Fox and Mike Tirico for NBC, they're both making around $10 million. So, honestly, when you look at what Jim Nance is doing, he's kind of he's underpaid. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's not only doing NFL games, but he's also calling NCAA Final Four. He's also doing golf. Um, so yeah, just for, for Jim Nance to be, uh, demanding this right now from CBS, 
he's uh he's got some leverage i think um compared to some of the other some of the other announcers cuz jim nance is he's basically made his living as the uh the voice and the face for cbs broadcasts so yeah i mean um just to see how little he's been paid compared to these other people. And then not, not to say that these people are overpaid. They're for their talents. I believe they're right where they should be. And someone like Jim Nance, who sh- should be up there higher right? of this. Um, I don't know. He's been there for so long. Like you said, do you ever see him leaving? And where would he go? I mean, there is all that turmoil over at Monday Night Football, which people have been suggesting he might end up there. But I think they put together a decent crew, at least for this year. And Monday Night Football hasn't really been known to do that for some time, ever since they got rid of – ever since um, John Gruden and Mike Tirico left, that was a good crew. But um, I don't know. We'll see see what Jim Nance ends up. He still has a year, so I don't think they're worried about it yet. And – He's been loyal to them for so long that I think he wants to stay there too. He's not planning to go anywhere. Hey, I enjoy listening to him every week. He's um, he's a good voice to he and Joe Buck and Al Michaels are the ones are 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 the staple. That's why they're the they're ranked up so high and they're part of the people that we enjoy listening to every single week. So it would be interesting to follow this story, even how bizarre it is it's 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 a story nonetheless going now into um our weekly segment of diving to nfl.com's power rankings i don't know trying the the top two teams haven't really changed that much the top three at least have remained the same chiefs are still at number one overall record of eight and one the undefeated steelers are at number two, which doesn't make sense in a way. But again, this, these rankings aren't based off of records or other things they take into account. A multitude of different factors. Uh, the Saints are still at number three. Uh, nothing else to say there at this moment. Uh, the Bucks have moved up three spots to number four. Previously, they were number seven. Packers stayed at number five. No change there. The Ravens dropped two spots to number six. Previously, they were number four. The Bills are number seven, dropped one spot from the six. From six, the Raiders moved up two spots to number eight. Previously, number ten. The Cardinals moved up two spots from number nine, from number eleven to number nine, and the Rams moved up three spots from thirteen to ten. So that is your top ten, Trenton. Yeah, it uh, it looks good and it makes sense. <laughs> um, wow, Kansas City Chiefs have stayed at number one for it feels like almost the entire season, and it makes sense. I mean, it, they are a team that's led by Patrick Mahomes with just so many weapons on offense, and wow, the Steelers at number two, like you said, uh. They are nine and zero. It doesn't make too much sense, but you know you have 
you have the Chiefs up there, and you got to have somebody at number one. Only one team can be at number one. So, uh, yeah. It's also the game they played at the Chiefs, 33-31. I mean, at some point, when whenever they take those game breaks during the games and they tr- switch over to the – they show you what's going on with the uh, in the Chiefs-Panthers game, I had a good feeling the Panthers might come out with a win just from the way they were playing. But the Chiefs stuck in there and they won the game. So, and our good buddy, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, didn't even play that much. 40% of the snaps. Uh, you, you just got to remind me of Edwards-Alaire. Man, I'd, I really wish they would use him more. But, I mean, you know, it makes sense if they're if, – if they have so many weapons, you know, they, they can't use him that much. And uh, – you know, even though it's even though Edwards Alaire hasn't been playing as much, Le'Veon Bell, who they thought would go in there and take up a lot of snaps from Edwards Alaire, he also hasn't really appeared much either. So Yeah, Bell, um I don't know, he's an interesting case because of everything that I don't know, everything happened with the trade and just coming over here, they need to sit out for some time to get adjusted and acclimated to playing for the Chiefs. I don't know, his whole situation in general, going back to the Jets, the Steelers, has been, has been interesting, to put it that way. Uh, the Steelers are undefeated still. For the first time in their franchise history, they're 9-0. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe the team, like the Steelers, has never gotten 9-0 before. But then again, it's also hard to go 9-0. <laughs> So that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this whole top ten here has relatively been the same teams the whole time, just moving up and down a few spots. Some few teams enter in, like the Cardinals entered in. They're number nine now. They were sitting on the outside at 11. It's This whole top 10, 15 has been roughly the same the whole time. So, I mean, it's been interesting to see the little pieces moving up and down. A big jump, no, not jump, a big drop here was the Seahawks down. They were at number eight, now they're dropped five spots to the 13th spot. I mean, they did lose against the Rams, and we were not expecting that to happen. And he, Russell Wilson, uncharacteristically threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. That's going to lose you the game. And he hasn't been playing well in recent weeks in general, uh, even though at the beginning of the season, he looked like the front runner for MVP right now. He's kind of not doing very well, which is weird. Yeah. Um, again, everyone has these ups and downs. They're still six and three. So they're well on the punt, but that division in general is, uh, is really changed in a way like the Cardinals have, come on really well. The Niners are not a good team right now because that's because half their team is injured. So what can you do? But it's going to – it comes down to the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks in that division. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that ends up. And all, all three of those teams are six and three. It's, uh, exactly. So It's rough in that division. 
I mean, a really big jump here, though, is the Lions. It went up seven spots from the 27th spot up to the 20th. And I don't know how the Lions got to four and five because it just seems like a few weeks ago and they were really, really bad, which, again, don't forget, they're still the Lions. They can blow anything at any time. But, like, yeah, Matt Prater kicking a 59-yard field goal in a game that – I don't know. I would have liked Alex Smith to have won that game. First start in over two years. It would have had a good, uh, a feel good story to that, but that's not football. That things happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though Alex Smith isn't winning yet, and sometimes he doesn't look great, sometimes he plays great, uh, I, I think he's still going to win Comeback Player of the Year, regardless, just because of his story. He better. I mean, I don't see anyone else who comes anywhere close to that. Oh, God, I don't want to say this, but um, I have to. The Bears, 23rd, dropping six spots down to 17. Should have won this game. We should have won this game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a couple minutes, but, like, we should (laughs) have won the game. We... I, I can't yeah. look forward to that segment, or you know, maybe I can. We'll see. This is it'll be your opportunity to to let loose. But before we get to that, Triton, we have to talk about the Bills and Cardinals game. Ooh, this was a thriller up um, until the last second. Honestly, like, <laughs> like let's just skip the whole game. Let's just go down in the last minute. Yeah, the bills go. The bills go down to score a touchdown, and then please describe what happens right after that. Yeah, um, everybody thought the bills were going to win it. Uh, Josh Allen makes an absolutely crazy throw, uh, scores a touchdown. They send it over to the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray does Kyler Murray things. <laughs> um, That's the best way to put it. There is no other way to put it. <laughs> there is no other way to put it. Um, Man, we we just mentioned Russell Wilson before being the front runner for MVP, but Kyler Murray had a, a Russell Wilson moment. He scrambles around at the very end, final play, heaves up a prayer to DeAndre Hopkins, who, you know, just effortless, effortlessly reaches over three Bills defenders, says, sit down, children, and uh, comes down with the game-winning touchdown. Um, and Kyler Murray being the the small child that he is can't see over everybody else. So once he throws it, he has to turn around and look the other way onto the scoreboard. And he's like, Oh, DeAndre Hopkins got it. Cool. Whatever way works for you. But <laughs> uh, honestly, that catch, it, um, again, people see when you're throwing a Hail Mary, it's the last second of the game. Everyone knows you're throwing a Hail Mary in the last second of the games. So they're all going to be, there's going to be no pressure up there. They're going to be sending everyone to the end zone. So it is – you just have to hope and pray that your guy comes down with the ball. And a lot of times in those situations, the ball just gets batted out of the end zone. It hits the ground, game over, you lose. But when you have a guy like Hopkins, yeah, you're, you have a chance. And all you need is a quarterback who can get you the ball down there and a receiver with good hands. And this whole trade that happened, remember, with the Texans and the Cardinals, apparently this was in, a, in, the, in the works for over a month. 
before it ever went off. Like it was that only the general manager of the Cardinals and the owner of the Cardinals knew what were really going on for most of the time. Like they had to keep it secret from many people. So yeah, uh, uh, worked out I, for them. <laughs> can I just say, Bill O'Brien, you got played. Hey, I mean, he's the general manager, and he was the general manager and the head coach of the team. So it was. It's just the reason why he got he got fired, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, um, and man, it was was it the Cardinals and the Seahawks before the first game that they played that we thought was game of the year or in the making through game of the year. Uh, this one, Cardinals Bills, maybe could be considered game of the one of the contenders for game of the year next week, man. <laughs> Cardinals, Seahawks again. Both six and yeah. three, both the same division. Tonight's game, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night football. I mean, I'm still uh, mentally going back and forth of who I'm going to pick, but I still have a few minutes before we get to that segment. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. What were your All thoughts right. on the Sunday night game here, the Ravens and the Patriots? Just by the way, I did pick the Patriots. Yeah. No reason. It was just uh, it was a gut reaction. You got to go in your gut at times. Yeah. Um, when you picked it last week, I was like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good reason. Go with gut feeling. Go with Bill Belichick. Why not? And, uh, you know, when, when Bill Belichick has a, a defensive rain coordinator on the sidelines and, you know, at any time he can turn around and say, hey, uh, you know, for the Ravens' last drive of this game – can you can you turn the dial on the rain, you know, a little bit, a little bit to the right, a little bit up, you know, just just pour it on a little bit. That rain, I don't think I've ever seen a game with that much rain coming down that hard. You could hear it like really loud coming down on the screens. Like you, whenever there's rain, raining outside your home or whatnot, on your roof you hear it coming down hard, but you don't really expect that to be picked up in the middle of a game with all the cameras and all the mics and just in general, like it has to be coming down pretty hard. Like you don't hear rain in a regular game. Like you see it coming down when they show the shot of the stadium lights, but you don't, you don't hear it that we heard it and we heard it coming down hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was already gusting pretty badly uh, throughout the beginning of the game. And then it started raining and it was raining decently hard you're like okay this is raining pretty hard but on that last drive when you're just looking at it through the screen it looks so much worse than the rest of the game and it was hard to see things at times <laughs> i mean on that play that the ravens had the ball literally slipped out of the receiver's hand on fourth down like he just like there was no one there either he could have caught it stepped out of bounds continued to drive but he just slipped right out yeah, and um, honestly, the Ravens had a lot of ball issues in this game, whether it was Lamar Jackson trying to receive the snap or, you know, just just throwing it and getting it into the hands of receivers. There was, you know, it, they're bo- both teams are playing in the rain, but compared to the Patriots, you know, the Patriots had a few bobbles, but the Ravens were just having it so much worse. And also help the Patriots had the lead going into that last drive because 
conditions just got like in a game like that you just got to get to a lead and just got to make sure you stay there because you don't know what's going to happen if you'll ever have a if you ever have a chance to go down that down there again because of how bad the situations are, situation is okay well, I mean, we had to get it at some point Trenton week 10 Monday night football Kurt Cousins wins a game on Monday Night Football. Finally, finally, the man's been waiting his hey, entire I would have life. Been, I would have been fine with him winning it. I just would not have been <laughs> fine with him winning it this week. Like, could he have won it on his next attempt? But no, he had to do it this week. Hmm. Initial thoughts to the game, Trenton. I know we, oh, I don't know, we started texting back and forth. Pretty much right after the game, oh. we had. Uh, please explain what you have to say. Man, the Bears had a chance. You know, I think the Bears have always had a chance in any yeah situation. Mm-hmm. Like um, that's what happens when you have a top ten, top five defense. They will always put you in the chance. And the defense was fantastic. Again, um, you know, last last week or the game before this one, the Bears held Derrick Henry, who is, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. They they stopped him. And against Dalvin Cook, until Akeem Hicks got injured uh and left the game, you know, they were stopping Dalvin Cook and they still they still held him under a hundred yards in this game. Uh on thirty Akeem carries. Akeem Hicks is probably one of the most ben, uh, most um, important players in this whole defense. I mean, Mac is up there too, but I think Akeem Hicks might even be a little bit. Mac did have that interception that was beautiful, but I think Akeem Hicks probably he's the heart and soul of that defense. Like without him, he's he's that leader, and we just need him out there. Yeah, um, I think he was Chase. Her cousins out of there. Um, so, you know, you, you just hope to get him back. He's, he's getting up there in age a little bit, but, you know, you hope, you hope he can stay healthy. But um, Iro Santos, 14 consecutive field goals, which is the longest beer streak since Robbie Gold in 2015. Have the beers found their kicker yet? Is this yeah. him? Yeah, this is, this is the guy. Andy Pinheiro, I'm sorry, but I think your time is up. Uh, I think we've been saying that for some weeks now, but he's done because now we don't have to worry about trying to get close enough to kick a field goal because this offense needs any type of points you can get. So (laughs) if we can kick a 45-yard field goal and be fine with it and it puts us ahead by a few points, I'll take it. I just find it absolutely crazy that – you know, two off seasons ago, the Bears spent <laughs> an entire off season bringing in all of these kickers, and it turns out that the answer is Cairo Santos, who they only get because Eddie Pinero's injured and can't start the season. <laughs> but um, and you know, some sometimes that's how the that's how the ball rose. But Cordorell Patterson, when we keep it with special teams, Patterson tied Josh Cribbs and Leon Washington for the most kickoff return touchdowns in a career with eight. Uh, and he did it against the team that drafted him, Minnesota Vikings. And that was probably the best moment in the whole game. Because 
you knew the offense wasn't going to do anything, but you also had the, I mean, right out of the gate at halftime, he comes and returns that kick, 104 yards. And it's like there's a spark right there. There's a chance. Like, we're ahead now. We don't have to keep playing from behind. It changes the mentality of the defense, which it did show. The defense did play a lot tougher. but And it just allowed the offense just, just a little bit of separation between the Vikings and the, the Bears now. So it was like, now we can – if we score now, we increase that gap because we know our defense is going to, for the most part, contain that Vikings team. We blew it though. I mean, we had negative yardage in this third quarter, so I think it was four, uh, four straight three and outs. Can't happen like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. And not only that, um, man, at uh, right, right after that touchdown by Patterson, and you look, they they showed the Bears sidelines, and they were so happy. Matt Nagy was you know, on fire. Uh, and they showed the Viking sidelines and Mike Zimmer was absolutely blowing every CEO. He was, he was livid. He was hot at his team's coach. Um, but then, you know, the Bears defense on the drive after this stops the Vikings and then a muff by Dwayne Harris, who they brought in to return punts, and I believe he he tore or injured his triceps on this play, so he couldn't return punts the rest of the game. They put in Anthony Miller, who actually looks decent at punt returner. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, he uh, he did he tore his triceps, like you said, but you don't want one of your top wide receivers out there returning punts. I mean. That used to be Tariq Cohen's job, but like that was because Tariq Cohen could catch it and he could really make people miss. And the whole reason Dwayne Harris was brought in was for the purposes of returning punts. But now we've signed uh, a former Texan, DeAndre Carter, to return punts as, because Harris is probably not going to be there for a while now. And, I mean, he's done decently well. I mean, he does... He's returned it 59 times in his career for an average of 9.5 yards a carry. I mean, no return. So, I mean, whatever you can get out of it was is going to change field position. And, again, the struggling offense needs every break they can get. So, if it's on special teams, we'll take it. If it's on defense, we'll take it. If it's however way it comes, you can't take it because this team – needs to find a way to turn things around right now. And we're going into a bye week. So what do you what do you what has to change? What has to get better right now in your view? Yeah. I mean the Bears already changed play callers uh for this Vikings game. And you know, when you when you look at the big picture, Bears offense looks the same. You know, they went uh three and out on four straight drives in in the second half, which you can't do. Of course, but um, I I do want to mention on the the second drive that the Bears had in this game, not the first drive because the first drive is when Nick Foles overthrew Anthony Miller, uh, overthrew and threw behind him for a pick. But um, on the second drive, drive right after that, the Bears actually looked like they had some resemblance of an offense. I mean, five yard run, seven yard pass, seven yard pass, 
three-yard pass, five-yard pass, five-yard run, 24-yard pass. You know, it, it just keeps going. Uh, they did have to settle for a 23-yard field goal. It was fourth and goal. I mean, they got into the red zone. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope the Bears can build off of that. And, um, yeah, why don't I – what are your thoughts? Yeah, we got into the red zone, but what did we do in the red zone? He missed um, Jimmy Graham, I believe, like twice, where he could have had a touchdown if he just put it in the right position. I think it was supposed to be more of a back shoulder throw, and he just missed it. I think he threw it once to Cordell Patterson. He didn't get much yardage there. But my thing is, we talked about this when it happened a few weeks ago, but we put in Nick Foles because we thought it would be good for the team. And he did lead us to that comeback against the Falcons. But honestly, what has he done since is my thing. Seems like he throws a pick in every game, at least every game. The one game he didn't throw a pick in, the one day game he played, he outplayed his opponent uh, on the quarterback position, we lost. We lost the game. Like, I think it's time to go back to uh, to Mitch Trubisky. I mean, provided that he's healthy, and also regardless of what Nick Foles' position is, if Trubisky is ready to go after this bye week, I, I still put him in against the Packers. If we, the guy's been on the bench for the past six, seven weeks, roughly. He's got a different perspective now, probably on the whole, on the whole, on the whole game, but especially in the quarterback position because he's he wasn't the guy. And we played better in those two games that he started, even though we did have to lead. Uh, those were tight situations, but he he played well for the most part, and. What, uh, the thing, main concern was that Mitch couldn't hit the deep ball. It wasn't accurate enough. Foles, honestly, hasn't been that much better. And there have been times where Foles missed from really wide open throws. But when it comes down to me, is it's mobility. Nick Foles cannot run. He is stiff as a statue. And the thing, it affects, it affects your whole game. Look at these uh, teams that we've been talking about. We've been talking about the Cardinals, we talk about the Seahawks. In general, we talk about the uh, the Ravens. Now we're talking about the Patriots because they have Cam. Cam has more rushing touchdowns than he has passing touchdowns. If you have a quarterback that the defense has to keep an additional person there to spy on, it limits the amount of players they're going to have out in coverage. It makes them think that the quarterback could do anything. You hear this in the in the games a lot that the the running game sets up the play action, play action sets up the deep ball. It's all like a domino effect. But if you have a quarterback who can't leave the pocket, like if he takes like if Nick Foles was able to, I don't know, extend the play by a half a second or a second, move out somewhere else. It gives his receivers another opportunity to get open and get the ball down the field. There were so many opportunities where Nick Foles could have, I don't know, moved around for a second and it would have been better. 
avoid a sack. The one play that he tried to scramble on for like two yards, that looked and he dove forward. It looked it looked really ugly, honestly. He can't run, and that's an important thing. Like I know that you have the quarterbacks, the old quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, who didn't run, but even Brady ran a few times, but he was also slow. But again, those are the two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Nick Foles is not one of them. So again, we changed coordinators, like you said. I think it's a time to go back to Mitch and see what he can do. I mean, if there's any chance he isn't saving the season, I think it's the right move. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned Tom Brady, and I, I hate to mention it, but once upon a time, Tom Brady did juke Brian Erlacher out of his shoes. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think Nick Foles can do that to uh, That is very true. Anybody. No, he would. I mean, he would be tackled before he even gets out of the pocket. Like, yeah. So, he's so stiff, and he can't. He's a good quarterback. He's a good player, but I think in this, what the Bears need right now is just to. Yeah, there's a reason Mitch beat him out in the first place to start the season. And Mitch came back and he led us to come back against the Lions and basically kept us in the game against the Giants. He hasn't, in the games he's played, he's only turned it over three times, interception wise. And I, yeah. I think he fumbled once but didn't lose it. So this feels like Nick Foles is turning it over too much and not putting the Bears in the best position to win. Yeah, and um, you mentioned, you know, that the running game sets up play action, which sets up uh, the deep ball. When you look at Nick Foles, the running game with Nick Foles under center, the Bears have had 28 yards, 35 yards, 63 yards, 49 yards, 96 yards, 56 yards, 41 yards. All of it is under 100 yards. Uh, when you look at the run game when Trubisky was still there, 149, 135, and 130. And, you know, the Bears played much more eye formation and more power running scheme with Mitch Trubisky there because he was, you know, they were able to have him under center, whereas Nick Foles is more of the shotgun guy. And when you have him under center, he kind of looks awkward when he's dropping back. Um, and the Bears just can't run out of the shotgun. They were able to run out of the I formation and the single back, but now when you have Nick Foles and you're forced to run predominantly out of the shotgun, it just hasn't been working. No, it has not, and hopefully uh, and we have the week off now, so hopefully both these quarterbacks will be able to heal up because if, I don't know, we still need, can't rely on Tyler Bray in case, let's say we go back to Trubisky and he does get hurt at some point. We have to go back to Foles, so it's uh, you'd avoid you want to avoid a type of carousel like that. But uh, again, the right thing is to do is put Trubisky in there. And hey, if he can't if he can't do it, then you don't have to bring him back next year. But at least let the guy finish out the season, and he's probably have a like I said, he's probably got a better perspective on the whole situation in general from having to sit on the sidelines for so long. All right, Trenton, let's uh, move on to uh, one of our closing segments here, which also happens to be our, at least might be pretty much my favorite part of the show, is picking every game. I wonder why this is your favorite. (laughs) 
Hey, I mean, last week we did pretty well, though. Both of us did decently well. We came up with the same record, too, even though I think we had a few different picks. I finished 8-6, and six and so did you, bringing my overall record to 99-47-1. And, and yours is 85-61-1. Um, and one. So, Getting there, slowly. <laughs> slowly, but surely. And there's still, still time. And no need to panic yet. You know, I'm only like one perfect week behind, but that's all right. You can get it. You could get that. It's not a... Yes. Mathematically, I could. You're right. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's start off with uh, our very first game of the week. Thursday Night Football, Cardinals and Seahawks. Wow. Um, Once upon a time, I would have picked the Seahawks, but I'm going to go Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals here. Yeah, same here. Cardinals. Uh, the Bengals at the Washington football team. Wow. Um, Alex Smith put up such a great performance. I got to go Washington. Yeah, I'm also going with Washington. Um, Joe Burrow has been a good quarterback, but I just want to see Alex Smith to to win the game. And uh, he he deserves it, man. Um just a side note here. Do you ever find yourself when you're watching one of these games that you've picked and you find yourself not really opposed to your pick losing the game if the other team is winning? Uh, I mean, if if it's a team that I like and, you know, I, I like the players on that team, then yeah, for sure. See, when it comes to the Packers game, Last week, they were playing the Jaguars, and they actually played – the Jaguars actually put up a pretty decent fight against the Packers. Yeah. I had picked the Packers to win because that would have been the logical choice. But I would not have been disappointed whatsoever <laughs> if the Jaguars somehow beat the, beat the Packers. But it didn't happen. But, like, that type of situation – for this exercise here, I'd go with the more logical picks. But if a game – is going to help in some way, shape, or form standings and division-wise, yeah, why not? All right. Um, I think, believe we left off at Falcons at Saints. Yeah. Um, even though the Saints might not have or definitely won't have Drew Brees, I'm going to go Saints. Honestly, that did not cross my mind when I made this decision, but that makes – the team is still there, and again, they played six games a lot of last year. And I mean, they did have Teddy Bridgewater instead of Jameis Winston, but uh, I'm still sticking with my pick that I have. I'm going with the Saints. Steelers and Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, this is the type, this is the type of game people call as a trap game, where yeah, and, the uh, one win team comes to beat the beat the undefeated. But uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to fall for it. <laughs> no, um, I mean you mentioned trap game, and Mike Tomlin did make a, a little mention of this, saying that the Steelers aren't a Big Ten team playing a, a MAC opponent. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers here. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, I mean, last week could have been a trap game too. The Bengals—they're not that great of a team, but I think their record also uh, changes that a little bit. I mean the. Bengals are a better team than the Jaguars, though. Patriots at Texans. Ooh. Patriots. There's no rain in this one. 
Aw, unfortunate. <laughs> Even if there was, they would have probably closed the roof. They're like, not, not gonna try that again. <laughs> gotta keep, uh, gotta keep the the rain defensive coordinator out of the game. What's your pick? Yeah, I'm gonna go Patriots. All right, Still. Yeah, same here. Same <laughs> here. Eagles at the Browns. And the Browns, if they were to pick one team that surprised everyone this year, it's the Browns. Yeah. And by default, I'm wired to always pick against them because of just how bad they've been, but they've uh, been playing pretty well. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns here. I mean, the Eagles have just absolutely disappointed this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Browns too, and if the Eagles lose too, they still play in the NFC East, so they will. <laughs> they're always in the hunt. <laughs> they're still in it. Lions at Panthers. Ooh. Man, this is... Oh, this might not be a rough one, actually. I'm going to go Lions here. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to go Lions. Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers. Um, the Lions are still the Lions, even though they are 4-5. and five. And now that the Bears are 5-5, five and five, I don't think I really have that much of a right to criticize them. But, I don't know, it's one of those conflict, conflicting picks, and I'm just... Yeah, I got you. I mean, you know, in, in your defense, the Panthers do have P.J. Walker, and I love P.J. Walker from his time in the XFL. Uh, so you know, even though I picked the Lions, if the Panthers are able to pull this off and PJ Walker is starting quarterback, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> this is that type of game here where it's like, I yeah. want to be opposed to my pick being wrong. Uh, Titans at Ravens. Oh, the two, six and three teams. But I don't think they play like two, six and three teams. I'm going to go Titans here. Go with the Ravens, though. I think uh, they're going to come. They're coming out of that uh, rain game, all dried up, and <laughs> um, metaphorically speaking, and they they're going to. I mean, they were disappointed. They did didn't play well. So, and the Titans have also not been playing as well either. So, they. I think the Ravens are the team that comes out with the with the rebound of this week, and they win the game. Uh, Jets at Chargers. <laughs> Gonna go Chargers. Oh, so the Jets do not win their first game of the year? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, same here. Chargers. <laughs> the Dolphins at the Broncos. What has Tua become, honestly? Man, the Dolphins are hot right now. Uh, I gotta go Dolphins. <laughs> I'm also going with them. I think they won five games in a row when we all thought that they would have made the bad decision of benching Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua. He was undefeated as a starter, and it's wild. <laughs> Only the NFL can decide what scenario be true. The Cowboys at the Vikings. Ooh, I'm going to go the Vikings here. You know, for some reason, I'm going with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys just came off of a bye week. What's the whole situation with Andy Dalton? Is he a, still concussed? I believe he was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list, uh, I believe, yesterday or today. Uh, so he's he should be coming back in, I think. 
So yeah, I probably should be making more uh, research on these picks at times. But I don't know. I just think that the Cowboys come off of a, a week after a bye week and the Vikings on a relatively shorter week because of Monday night. I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, the Packers at the Colts. Oh, both put up a good game last week. Uh, but I'm going to go Packers here. I'm going with the Colts, not only because I really don't like picking the Packers, which I have been, I've done a few times this week, this year already, because logical pick. But I think the Colts are just, they're on a roll. I mean, they did destroy the Titans last week, so. Yeah, Colts are a good pick, I think. I definitely agree. It seems like uh, any time where I can pick against the Packers and and have some legitimate justification for doing <laughs> so, I will take it. Uh, the Chiefs at the Raiders. Oh, Raiders oh. beat the Chiefs last time, so. Yeah, but I I think I still got to go with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with the Chiefs too. I just felt like bringing that point up. Oh, like uh, tripping me up a little. Trying to trip me up a little. <laughs> Just gotta get you on the record. Rams at the Tom Brady led Tampa Buccaneers. Wow, this is uh, this is gonna be an interesting game, I think for sure. But I'm gonna go Rams here. I'm going with the Buccaneers. I don't think. Uh... Yeah, I don't think we can pin against Tom Brady after what he just did last week. <laughs> He's yeah. had an interesting season. No, that that is definitely true. But what else would you honestly expect? This whole year has been interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that uh, pretty much does it. We'll be adding these up again to see where we land. If I and we've had some pretty significant differences so there's some some room for you to make up some ground here yeah you know uh most weeks you're winning some weeks i go like one and <laughs> one in many losses we'll say <laughs> and then some weeks you have where we're tied <laughs> like this one this previous yeah. one anything else you'd like to add trenton before we uh wrap it up here I am very much excited for the game between Cardinals and Seahawks, and I am very much excited to see Mitchell Trubisky take over quarterback for the Bears. I believe that's a good uh, good way to end the show. All right, so uh, thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BillMallon15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask.